the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in, we'll chat, and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Happy Super Bowl to you. Hopefully you're recovered and doing well. Happy February 6th. I can't believe it. February 6th already? Seriously, where's the year going? I need a vacation. I haven't even gone on a vacation this year. It's one of those days, right? Um, What a day. What a Super Bowl. Did you enjoy it? I'll be honest, I did. I did. Um, It was nice. It was... uh, Kind of a good mental break, in my opinion. So let's talk uh, Wall Street. Wall Street's had a pretty damn good run. If every week, like, psh, May 2012 never end. The S&P 500's coming off its best weekly gains in about six weeks with the NASDAQ composite. Check it up. And chalk it up and, and you know, mark it up. It's best week in nine. Fueled by Friday's better-than-expected January jobs report. The NASDAQ closed Friday its highest level since December 2000, and not to be left out of the milestone parade, the Dow's coming off its highest close since May 2008. Wall Street's good feeling, you know, can be undone with, with what's happening in Greece. So we don't totally buy into it. We do know talks to restructure Greece's debt haven't been completed, but we have reports that Greek parties must respond to an EU bailout conditions today or be denied. There's no fresh economic data today. We'll still have that hangover from Friday of the positive jobs report. St. Louis Fed President James Bullard, he's speaking this morning, so there'll be some data that leaks out. Dallas Fed President Richard Fisher, he's got a lunchtime talk in Washington. So we got quarterly reports still out there. We've got some stuff to talk about. Market participants and sports fans, you know, they're coming to grips today with a history repeating itself. You know, another weekend has come and gone, and Greece hasn't changed a thing. No, no agreement to bail out terms. The New York Giants have once again beaten the New York New England Patriots, and I love that. There's nothing better than the misery that is a, a Massachusetts Boston resident crying and moaning, especially when the Yankees or the Giants beat them. It, it's very, very fulfilling. So we're we're lower this morning on Greece. Given the scope of the recent gains in the stock market, it's okay. We're reasonably well-behaved. 
out of Europe and Asia today. There's no panic. There's very, very little data to work off of. But we're going to watch Greece because today's one of those deadline kind of days. Earning results from 66 S&P 500 companies. Not too shabby. Interest rate meetings held by the ECB and Bank of England on Thursday. The trade reports from the U.S. and China on Friday. Then you get some really, really boring economic data, which I'd say I don't want to bore you with, but it's pretty boring stuff. Three-year, 10-year, 30-year treasury securities being auctioned. You get a lot of commentary, including Fed Chairman Ben Bernanke. He's going to talk to the Senate Budget Committee tomorrow. So he talks, we listen. The latest sentiment on the American Association of Individual Investors, AAII, revealed a drop in bullish sentiment. From a reading of about 48.4% down to 43.8%, a rise in bearish sentiment. Now, sentiment is typically a contrarian indicator. The shift is noteworthy in that it could be regarded as a sign that any pullbacks will continue to bring modest, very, very modest pullbacks. And that people will want to jump in. Fans of the New England Patriots are no doubt in shock still. Tough pill to swallow. Nothing better. Nothing better than to see a Giselle Bunchen crying. I know you're saying, you're cruel. I know. History has shown that when an original NFL team wins, like the Giants, an original NFL team, it's predicted a positive year for the stock market 37 out of 45 times. So it's right 82.2% of the time. So, sorry, sucky New England fans. Just feel good in knowing that, feel good in knowing that the stock market likely is going to go up this year. Now, keep in mind, in 2008, when the Giants won the Super Bowl, the stock market went down 38% that year. So maybe it's not as easy as I thought it was. Pretty light on earnings calendar today. Hasbro, Humana, Lowe's, Cisco. They're all amongst companies out with quarterly numbers. Yum Brands, they're going to come out with earnings tonight after the market closes. Yum Brands, uh, you know, Pizza Hut, Taco Bell, Kentucky Fried Chicken. Micron president and COO has been named to succeed... Kenny Mark Duncan is succeeding Steve Appleton. Sadly, he died in a plane crash on Friday. An experimental plane. I hate hearing those stories. You know, the, the type of plane crash that you could have avoided dying in. Drug maker Eli Lilly is going to freeze base pay for most employees this year. It's trying to deal with financial pressures caused by patent expirations of their best-selling drugs like Zyprexa. Dow component Boeing in the news. They found a problem related to the fuselage in the 787 Dreamliner aircraft. It does say that the repairs will not affect production. That 787 Dreamliner has been a mess for them. General Motors and Ford are going to be in the news today. Very upbeat comments from auto dealers at a national meeting of National Automobile Dealers Association of Vegas. Now that sounds like a party, huh? Let's see. The National Automobile Dealers Association in Vegas. Just the whole Vegas. And then car dealer owners. 
So the group chiefs economists for the National Association of Dealers says that the sales should hit about 13.9 million vehicles this year. Average purchase price should set a record. One thing that I'll throw out about uh, that, a statistic like that, you can learn a little bit. Not too much, but you can learn a little bit from statistics like that. One thing you should try to do is go back in time. You know, if you're going to be an investor, if you're going to play the game, go back in time a little bit and see how well, how many cars we sold in a year. When credit was free flowing, we sold a lot more probably. So if you hear a number like $13.9 billion, that's going to set a base. It's going to say, okay, anything above that might be a good year. Anything below that, like, you can do a little bit of that if you're tracking with me. To get your calls in the air today, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Don't be shy today. We can talk about anything that you want to talk about. Seeing Giselle Bunchen cry, and she's criticizing Tom Brady's teammates. In my experience, the, the people who know the best about football, they're not the players. They're, they're not the, the color commentators at NBC. Brazilian supermodels seem to know the, the intricacies better than anyone else. So, interesting that we could, we could talk about this if you want to have a topic to talk about smartphones. One of the biggest complaints that I have about this whole 4G, you know how fast it is, the Internet, it's really sucking down battery life. And a lot of people are starting to like note that and, and respond to that. Hey, you can find me online at multiple sources. YouTube, I've got a, a, a site there, a channel called Rob Black Show. Rob Black Show. You can subscribe to it. I'm on Twitter, Rob Black Show. Twitter, Rob Black Show. And I'm right here on AM 1220, KDOW. Black now. 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. This morning, NBC the NFL are apologizing for Mia. She flipped the bird. Super Bowl rebellion. It's an entirely new stage that allows musicians to bring their sound to an entirely new audience. Spotlight themselves instead of the game. A lot of bands sometimes get a chance to rebrand themselves. Last night you saw Elton John and Flavor Flav lampooning themselves. Madonna gathered a massive cast of glitter-caked characters for a halftime show. You know, it was better than last year's Black Eyed Peas, but still was kind of blah, in my opinion. 
a lot of the spots, you know, were notable. It was kind of nice. Some good commercials. I, I don't think we were overwhelmed. But Mia, she stole the spotlight with that swift hand gesture during a rendition of Madonna's new single, Give Me All Your Lovin', which I thought was awful. I don't think most of Americans saw it, but it's out there. So for all the pomp and circumstance that is Madonna, it's Mia who got the, the, the piece of the show remembered. Interesting, right? Like, that's important to some people. So the S&P 500's best start in 25 years. It's doing very little to restore confidence in people's opinion of the stock market. I find that intriguing. I find that sad. Keep in mind, there's only going to be so many ways that you get to retirement. You realize that, right? I know people are going to try to hit the lottery. That's their plan. I know people who are going to put money in the bank. That's their plan. Both of them are going to be in poverty. You can't save enough to replace. You have to save something and have it grow. The S&P 500 index best started in 25 years. People are missing this out on this. It's up 7% in 2012. Started in 1987, up 14%. It traded an average of 14 times earnings since the start of 2011. That's still the lowest annual valuation since 1989, which is, you do get lower valuations, which I think is actually a good thing. I think it's protecting some downside. I think pessimism has taken its toll on the securities industry. You know, more than 200,000 jobs were lost last year, even as U.S. unemployment declines started to accelerate. Sentiment right now is the worst since the early 19... Hundreds? <laughs> no, 1980s. It hasn't been that long. In the early 1900s, you had a long... You had stagflation for a long period of time. I think investors are scared right now. You know, when you look at it on a valuation standpoint, I think they've got it wrong. But when you look at it on what's happened in Europe, I think you got it right. We're in a three-year stock market rally that's up 100% since March 2009. 106% expansion in U.S. earnings during the last nine quarters. This is stunning. Like, People are missing out. Liz on Liz Ann Saunders. She's pretty hot. She's a chief investment strategist at Charles Schwab. So she's got that going for her. Said the stock market has effectively doubled since March 2009, and we're still in redemption territory for a lot of people. Redemption meaning they're cashing out. Money managers haven't really kept up with the S&P 500. Hedge funds have declined 5% in 2011. Third year in a row of losses. So why are you afraid? Pick up the phone. Give me a call. 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. I love being corrected. My producer just goes, it's Mia, not M-I-A. And you're going to tell me it, it, it was in excess and not inxus? I get you. <laughs> Chokes on me. Oh, so the Dow, the Dow Jones Industrial Average. 
in 2000, we had that, you know, dot-com bubble driving things to record highs. The gauge peaked at 11,722 that year. It's risen above that since then. The past decade parallels the span between 64 and 81. Rough years on the market. But I think we're in a position to rally based on valuation. Taking a look at the markets, we have the Dow down 40. The Nasdaq's down 9 today. The S&P 500's down fractions. Facebook's Sandberg, Cheryl Sandberg, she's worth $1.6 billion. I think she's hotter than Giselle Bunchen, but that's just me. So three, no, no, not three, millions of years of human evolution. And I could say that Siri is now smarter than me. My phone is now smarter than me. It's not a good sign. Obama's out there campaigning, saying that he deserves a, a second term. CNN is pretty funny today. They're, they're you know, talking about the shutdown of the embassy in Syria. And their next story about Seal and Heidi Klum splitting. So Greek party talk still the number one talk of the day. Are you even tired of it? Because I kind of am. U.S. foreclosure crisis hits new heights on Friday. I thought this was an interesting story that kind of came out after the market closed. Bank of America selling a lot of properties right now. So space being reduced. Fine buildings are going for fractions. Fine buildings in Los Angeles, Washington, Boston. So the REIT index, there's a REIT index. REIT stands for Real Estate Investment Trust. And as companies like Bank of America are dumping properties, REIT companies are companies that are Real Estate Investment Trust. They're going out and buying distressed properties. They're getting them on the cheap, hopefully. So lenders may still face more losses, but REIT companies... They're up 11.5% this year through February 3rd. That's not too shabby. And again, taking advantage of, like Bank of America Tower down in Atlanta's Peachtree Street Historic District. Uh, pennies on the dollars. So for every winner, there's a loser, and for every loser, there's a winner. Kind of true on Wall Street. This is Rob Black and your money. Find me at YouTube, Rob Black Show. Find me at Twitter, Rob Black Show. Find me at Facebook group page, I Hate Rob Black. Listen to me daily here on AM 1220, Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Again. Rob Black, your money on Rob Black, talking all things financial money. 
investing in more. Friday afternoon when I got off the show, I sat around with a couple of uh, management and producers at the station. I think we upgraded the sound a little bit. It was kind of a, a worthy experience. We've got the Dow down 45, the NASDAQ down 12, and the S&P 500 down 4. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton. Chad Burton is a financial planner with New Focus Financial. Coming in today to talk a little bit about long-term care insurance. Let's start with what is long-term care? Well, long-term care insurance, and, and for the record, I don't sell long-term care insurance. Okay, that's I, good. You know, fee-based financial planning, but I'm a huge believer in it. I started in this business at a pretty young age with my grandfather, who had a lot of older clients. Right. And about two years into the business, it seemed like the phone was ringing almost every week. I'd get a call from a husband or a wife saying, they've gone into a nursing home, they've got Alzheimer's, uh, you know, how am I going to pay for this? It's Back then, it was even three or $4,000 a month. Now you're approaching five or six. In the Bay Area, you can see nursing home costs as high as 10 for a month for skilled right. nursing facility. Which, do the math, that's $100,000 a year. Yeah, 120. So the average person, once they go into a nursing home, first of all, once you hit about 70, there's about a 60% chance you're going in. Okay. And the average stay is three years. So that includes the people that go in for 10 years with dementia and just, you know, and that's the, that's the killer of the portfolio. Yeah. And then there's those that go in for six months and have a stroke and die or, or you know, whatever. It's, it's the average stay in America is about three years. And Medicare doesn't cover it. If you, if you go through the right steps and you end up in a hospital for three days and within 30 days, there's all these rules to get any kind of a, a short-term coverage from Medicare. So that long-term, it's up to you. You, okay. you either, you're either going to, you got a couple of options. You can either pay for yourself. That means you've saved more than enough for retirement. So the person that that's able to self-insure is those people that are 65 and they're able to live off of, you know, maybe two to 3% of their portfolio. And that's more than enough, right? They can probably self-insure. There's middle America, which they're retiring and they're having to live off of four or five percent of their portfolio at 65. They need the long-term care insurance the most. And then there's those that haven't saved enough. They're going to go on Medicare or Medicaid rather, and it's called Medi-Cal in California, which means to get that coverage, not only it's typically not the kind of care you'd really want for yourself or your parents, but you've got to spend down to two thousand bucks, and only a certain amount of your home is now protected as an asset as well. So. The, the biggest thing about long-term care insurance is it actually helps you stay out of a nursing home. When, if you have an event, you, have, you lose the five activities of daily living. Let's right. say it's dressing or eating or continence, whatever. They'll pay for somebody to come to your house and take care of you. It helps you stay in your home. Right. And tell me a nursing home that you've, like, that you've been in and you, oh, great food, great people. This is where I want to be in retirement. No, I'd rather have a wheelchair ramp built at my house so I can stay there. And right? the, the parent that you put in that old folks' home, they're not happy, and they're, they're, they're bitter, and they're pissed about it. So it's a lose-lose scenario. So long-term care, just so people know, my grandmother, she had Alzheimer's disease for five years, and it was horrific watching mm-hmm. her die. Uh, did you know, like, if you don't get out of bed, like, your foot, your bones become so frail, they just collapse? Mm-hmm. Your yeah. arms start to curl up towards your heart because that's just age. Like, you just sit in there waiting to die. Bed sores and everything else. It's, ugh. My mother's had a couple strokes, and she's ha- been in um, long-term care three times in the last five years. So it, this is a real issue. For me, I don't know, because I'm, I'm going to live forever, Chad. You know, it's, that's the, that's way the, the problem people is. that need it. You know, if you've got fam- you go. more family history of people just having a massive cholesterol issues and they have a heart attack and die. Right. Versus if I get a client and they have both parents went in with dementia or Alzheimer's. Right. Um, even the wealthy ones that can do the, the 1% to 2% of income and, and be completely fine. Yeah. 
what happens is, is they get to that point in time and somebody else, like a kid, is making the decision for them on care. Right. And the kid's worried about their inheritance. They're thinking, oh, dad's got Alzheimer's. He doesn't even know where he's at. I'm going to put him in this house where he's sharing a room with somebody else so I can inherit more money. So even wealthy people might want to look at long-term care insurance to take the financial piece of the health care decision yeah. out of the mix. It's really an estate planning piece as well. And you can write that type of instruction into your trusts. So... With that, with that said, do poor people need to buy long-term care? Um, you know, it, it, you know what I mean. Poor people poor can't people. afford it. I mean, it's yeah. it's kind of one of those things where you're where you're looking at costs of two hundred and fifty dollars a month and up. Yeah. If you buy the stuff, it's you know early. Okay, it's more if you buy it later in life. Four to five thousand a month. Oh yeah, if you're seventy-five or eighty. Okay, you know, I mean it gets to the point. You know, you've got to get it purchased typically by sixty-five, sixty-six. So in the get to, you don't need you don't need long-term carriages. <laughs> poor people don't need it because the poor they can't afford are it. Too old, you can't afford it. It's it's your your risk is too high. You haven't paid in the pool long enough, and don't think that it might. You know, most of the time when you're going to buy long term care insurance, um, the agents say, "Well, rates aren't likely to go up," but really they are because okay. an insurance company, the only way they can raise rates is if they can go to the state and say, "Look, we've had higher than expected claims. We need to raise the rates," and the state will let them do that. So that could happen as well. Talking retirement issues and more with certified financial planner Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Welcome back in. Uh, talking all things financial, money, investing, more. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you really want to talk about, we could talk about. You know, Ford protesting Chevy's ad in the Super Bowl. It's kind of relevant. Ford's trying to rain on Chevy's Super Bowl parade. Ford, which already has the best-selling pickup, is protesting a commercial that implies Chevy Silverado pickup is more dependable than Ford F-Series. Chevy, in a statement, says it received a call from Ford executive Saturday night asking that the ad be yanked. In the ad, it ran in the first half of the Super Bowl, a dirt-encrusted driver and a Silverado pickup navigates through a city in a post-apocalyptic scene. It was a pretty cool ad, visually. He meets up with a fellow pickup drivers. He notices one of his buddies not there, and you know, because he was driving the Ford. Cute ad. Ford's F Series has been the best-selling truck in the United States for about thirty-five years now. And it outsold Silverado by almost seventy thousand trucks last year. Um, I bring this up because, <clears throat> excuse me, trucks are more profitable for the car companies. And that's interesting to note, right? So it does uh, have its place. So Eli Manning winning the Super Bowl yesterday uh, means that he gets more money. He may not have the lovely and talented Giselle Bunchen, but uh, having outlasted Tom Brady, game-winning drive, he's going to get some big endorsements. Um, about $3 million worth. He now has... One more Super Bowl tally over his brother, an 11-time Pro Bowl selection and four-time NFL MVP. So he's got bragging rights, which is probably pretty good if you think about it in that house. I'd like to have those kind of bragging rights. Um, last year, Manning rated uh, 47th in 2011 earnings amongst athletes. $7 million in endorsement deal dollars is less than half the $15 million earned by Peyton Manning last year, his brother. So... To the Super Bowl winner comes the spoils. And good to be them. Good to be them. 
Right now we got the Dow down 43, the Nasdaq's down 13, the S&P 500's down 5. We have a pretty negative day across the board. Gold, oil, 10-year treasury. So we didn't report this morning that gasoline prices are to spike about 60 cents per gallon by May. So another round of pain at the pump. It rose 19 cents in the past four weeks. Regular unleaded in America now averages 3.48 a gallon versus 3.12 a year ago, and 2.67 in February of 2010. One of the negatives about job creation is that we consume more gas. When we consume more gas, the oil and gas companies start playing with us a little bit. They they have to mysteriously take a refiner offline to clean it. So prices could go up another 60 cents or more by May. It's going to be a chaotic spring with huge price increases in some places. Rising prices are an annual spring ritual because of the seasonal demand. Also, refiners start switching winter formulations to more expensive seasonal formulations to meet stringent environmental standards. You got some renewed tension with the Middle East. That's keeping prices high. So far, $4 a gallon gasoline has proven to be the upper limit that most consumers will pay. Feels like I've been paying $4 a gallon for years, right? Feels that way. Energy analyst Patrick DeHaan of a site called Gas Buddy, it's a price tracking site, thinks that I will be at three fifty five nationwide by into February, and will peak on Memorial Day at around four dollars a gallon. Some cities like L.A., Chicago, New York, Washington, the big major metropolitan areas, gasoline will be as high as four sixty. I'd say ouch, but that's kind of cliche, right? Ouch. One thing that you could mention, though, about that is if you were trying to add a little bit more color to it. Um, two things you could add color to. First and foremost, to me, gas prices haven't been as big of a hit in my life as I would have expected. We know gas prices go up, right? Like That's a simple tenet that we know. I remember paying more for gas. I remember the 1990s. I, I, gas was expensive, and then it gets cheap, and then it gets expensive, and then it gets cheap. It doesn't really march $5, $6, $7, $8, $9. It doesn't really keep marching higher. All things considered, which would I rather have? My house in the last 30 years or you know, barrel of gasoline? My house. It's gone up in value, whereas gasoline really hasn't been able to maintain the inflation. Which would I rather have, my wages or gasoline prices? I'd rather have my wages. They've gone up in the last 15, 20, 30 years, whereas gas prices have kind of gone up and back down, up and back down. You listen to AM 1220, KDOW. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. 
Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Stocks are falling today amidst a little bit of Greek debt talks issues. Boeing checks 787 Dreamliners on a delamination issue. That scares me. They've got this new plane that they're starting to make and manufacture, and they're already starting to have some issues that they find uh, out about. One of the more interesting commercials yesterday had to be the halftime in America. Clint Eastwood Chrysler ad calls halftime in America. It was it was very well done. So not only was it literally halftime in America, but Clint Eastwood had a political statement. He spoke in a two-minute spot as the New England Patriots and Giants headed to the locker room. And he said it's halftime in America, too, and it makes you think, is it? People are out of work, and they're hurting, and they're all wondering what they're going to do to make a comeback. Answers can come from people of Detroit, Eastwood said. We talked about the 2007-2009 recession, the collapse of the auto sales that sent Chrysler and General Motors into bankruptcy. The region's jobless rate hit 16.6% in July 2009, and now it's down to 9.7%. That's still pretty bad. Eastwood, in his incredible good looks and uh, strong voice, said the people of Detroit know a little something about this. They've all pulled together. Now Motor City's fighting again. General Motors has regained its spot as the world's largest automaker. Car companies are hiring. Michigan had the second best performance on the you know, U.S. states in the third quarter of the United States. It's got an election year resonation to it, doesn't it? So if it wasn't for bailout packages, Chrysler and GM wouldn't be around. I know a lot of people don't like bailouts. But it did give them some time to regroup and, and think and, and figure, you know, exactly mathematically what's the best way to go. Tapping into the theme of survival ship. It's always good. So it, it felt a little bit political though, right? To me it felt a little bit political. Let's see. The Super Bowl parade going to be New York City on Tuesday. Humana, they're out with earnings today. Humana is the second largest Medicare provider in the United States. From a long-term patient investor, I think you can make a case on why you like Humana. I hate my health care. I've got great health care, and I hate my health care. It always feels like they're shutting me down on something, right? You go for a physical, and the doctor says, let's do some extra blood work. And sure enough, you get this you know, bill that the insurance company doesn't want to pay for it. Or you have to prove that you're really at a doctor. It's like you're going to get blood work on the street from like uh, your boss or something. So this is a stock that was very political at one point in time. Humana. All the healthcare companies. When Obama came into office wanting to give all Americans health care. The stock went from 2008 of $85 a share. It dropped all the way down to $20 a share because we were afraid of Obama, or the stock was afraid of Obama. Since then, it's gone from 20 all the way up to its all-time high of $91, $92. Not too shabby, huh? 
So a political event created a buying opportunity. In a world where we're more likely to sell when we're afraid, you should be buying when you're afraid. Warren Buffett said it best, be fearful when others are greedy, be greedy when others are fearful. Pretty much so across the board, agree with that statement. So what do you want to talk about today? I'm not getting calls, which is okay. I get it. Uh, a lot of people want to hear what I have to say. And then when I do get calls, they're 85-year-old men who think that they're calling Ron Owens. That's great when that happens. It always boosts my image of myself. Met with some Hollywood producers again this weekend. What's that mean? Why am I talking like that? We'll find out. How long will I be loved in the Bay Area? Europe's Borises have moved lower. Euro's trading lower today. Dearth of economic data and earnings. There's just not that much going on. So we're out of earnings season. We got the NFC winning the Super Bowl, which is nice for the stock market historically. Crude oil has been in negative territory all day. We're waiting on Greece to say yes, please, no, please to their debt servicing relationships. So there's a little bit of an upturn today. It's just not, not hitting the, 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 we're not hitting the neutral line. Ten-year Treasury sits at 1.93%. That is anemic. That's the thing that kills me because, you know, for most of us, we're doing pretty good. You know, most of us, you know, when you hear unemployment's at, you know, nine and a half or eight and a half percent, that means 91% of Americans have jobs if they want them. Super Bowl earned. Ratings just came in 47.8. That's the third highest in history. Mark Zuckerberg, this was just found out about Facebook. The IPO gives us a lot of information. The company's gone way out of their way to make sure that they keep management in place. Compensation, the word comes up 366 times in the 200-page prospectus. The word Facebook comes up 450. So compensation, 360. Uh, when you think of great companies like Apple, you think of Steve Jobs, you think of Bill Gates, you think of Microsoft, you get the idea. They're trying to keep people around. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220, KDOW. Insightful, informative, irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black in Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in, we'll chat, and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. 
Bob Black here, Money Hour 2 of the show. Talking anything you want to talk about, money, investing, and more. Anything. We can start with the market numbers. We have a down day. The stories aren't that great, so I'll probably stretch my legs and find some new content for you today. Dow's down 41, NASDAQ down 9, SP 500 down 4. Wall Street is falling on some concerns tied towards Greece this morning. There's not that much more as far as like stories that you have to hear. You know, there's a couple that I'll, I'll gladly hit for you. Uh, the Giants won the Super Bowl, in case you missed it. Pretty good game. It was close the whole time and kind of flew by, I thought. So far, this year's gone really well on Wall Street. Week after week, we seem to go higher and higher. Uh, earnings this week, 66 companies. That's not great. Friday, we got a, a really good employment number. So we're excited by that. New England Patriots are probably in a shock, losing twice to the Giants. Anytime an original NFL team wins the Super Bowl, the stock market tends to do very well out of the last 45 years. If an original team wins, 37 out of 45 times, the market's gone up that year. Um, hmm. Other big stories that are like shaking the world today. You know, I go back to how much the market's up. Best weekly gain in six weeks last week. January jobs report really helped out. The NASDAQ it is at its highest level since December 2000. The Dow is coming off its highest close since May 2008. A couple Fed members speaking today. It was a sad story Friday that a CEO of Micron died in a plane crash. Which, you know, do, doing that story and looking at that story, I, I was a little shocked again to think a DRAM maker not from Asia? It's stunning that they were able to stay as relevant as they did for as long as they did. And they're still relevant. I, the company didn't die, just he died. Hasbro, Humana, Lowe's, and Cisco, all companies out with quarterly earnings today. Boeing has found a problem related to its fuselage. Eli Lilly said they're going to suspend pay of all employees this year as they're trying to deal with some of their best-selling drugs like Zyprexa coming off patent. America loves antidepressants. We eat them like candy. General Motors and Ford in the news today. Uh, National Association of Auto Dealers in Vegas said that they're going to have a better year than expected. And, and, they're going to sell the cars at higher prices than, than previous years. Deals getting closer for a U.S. plan on mortgage relief. There's a deadline looming for today with state officials to sign on to a landmark multi-billion dollar settlement to address foreclosure abuses. So the Obama administration is close to winning support from a crucial state that would offer significant breadth of the deal. The biggest remaining holdout, California, has returned to the negotiating table after a four-month absence. A change of heart that could increase the pot for mortgage relief nationwide, $25 billion from $19 billion. Another big backer of the deal is the Attorney General out of New York. The potential support from California and New York, basically, in exchange for tightening some provisions of the settlement to preserve the right to investigate past misdeeds by banks. I don't know. It's uh, 
it's not so clear cut to me on abuses of banks. I'll, I'll give you an example. Some people did very, very well by having the bank abuse them. Let's just say, let's go with the person who doesn't really deserve the loan. And they got into a property, and it skyrocketed for them. They sold it. You know, liar loans were invented not to be abusive, but to be helpful for you. I don't like all the paperwork on a loan. I hate it. I hate it. With that said... You know, if I'm a professional athlete and I earn millions, I get it, and I get who benefits from it. Um, I don't know if I got anything else on, on this topic. We'll, we'll see what comes out. So the U.S. jobless rate hits its lowest level in three years. That's going to help the Obama administration try to get reelected if that number continues. Obama slapped some new sanctions on Iran this morning. That's got people a little bit nervous because I think, from what I'm reading in news sources, most news sources think that Iran's going to have an issue sometime in the next three years where there'll be a change of power or military power used against them. So President Obama this morning slapped new sanctions on Iran freezing all property of the Central Bank of Iran, other financial institutions, and the central government. Those actions underscore the administration's resolve to hold the Iranian regime accountable for its failure to meet its international obligations. So Iran now faces an unprecedented level of pressure due to intensified sanctions applied by the United States and complementary actions by others around the world. Those sanctions didn't do too well to stop uh, Saddam Hussein in Iraq. So all you need is one country, like, sending them apples during the night to foil that plan. So sports fans, how are you feeling today? Today should be a national holiday, right? The day after the Super Bowl. Call it Hangover Monday or Bloated Food Workout at the Gym Monday. Some strength today is seen in wireless telecommunications services. Basically, the market's weak almost everywhere else. Not a super positive day in any way, shape, or form. I saw an interesting study. And you'll go, that's interesting. Apple's iPhone business is now completely larger than all of Microsoft. Stop and think about that for just a moment. Now, if you've been following the numbers, it's not a massive surprise to you. But I think most of you are going to be surprised that, that that's true. If you took the iPhone business out of Apple, what remains is still larger than all of Microsoft combined. So, stunning expansion of sales in the past year or two. You know, the computer industry I've been following my whole life. Since I was in the womb, I, was, I had a little keypad and abacus. This is a pretty gross affront to the plucky little Apple against Microsoft. Back in the very early days of personal computing, you know, Apple making both hardware and operating systems, would they beat the fragmented world of IBM, the compatible PC? Back then it was inconceivable. Now it's conceivable. 
you tend to take a monopoly down like Microsoft, not by doing what they do, but by making the whole thing bigger. Monopolies tend to fall not when they're beaten at their own market, but when the market becomes only a subset of a wider one. And Microsoft, you know, they were a little late to the dot-com, and they did very well with it. Netscape had them. They've been around the PC for 40 years. You know, the next question is, uh, how do they do it in the smartphone business? Not so good. In the social media business? Not so good. Now, again, Apple hasn't done so great in social media yet either, to be fair. You listen to Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and much, much more. Find me at Twitter, Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show. Find me at YouTube, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. And find me here every day, Monday through Friday, 7 to 9 a.m. on AM 1220, KDOW. AM 1220 KDOW traffic. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in. Rob Black, your money. Talking all things financial. What's on your financial mind? 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Don't be shy. I promise I will not bite you. I'm uh, Maybe I'll bite you. <laughs> Right now, we got the Dow down 32, the SP 500 down 3, and the NASDAQ down 9. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton. You can find him online at newfocusfinancial.com. Chad, when I was 18, that's when young Rob Black started thinking, I want to retire one day. It's really the, probably the first time in my head I was like, what am I going to do to do that? How much money do I need? How much do you need for retirement? And I came up with a bogus number a million dollars. A million dollars would pay me $40,000 a year till the day I die. But then you get married, and then you have kids, and suddenly what, your, your numbers start inflating much higher, so to speak. Yeah. Um, let's talk about when do you know that you have enough for retirement? When can you pull the plug? When are you done? Well, it's, it's relative to expenses. So the first thing you need to do is figure out what you're spending, okay. including taxes, including health care costs that you have in retirement. You take that number now, and you project it forward with inflation, at least 3.5%. Right? Okay. So let's say in, in you're spending hundred grand a year now, and in 20 years... When you retire, you're going to spend $200,000 a year because that's what you would need. It, it, the value of a dollar is cut in half every 18 to 20 years. So if you're spending 100 now, you're going to need 200 at retirement. Okay. You're also going to need a portfolio big enough to in- continue your inflation-adjusted withdrawals each year. So, which, which is interesting that you say that because I think that number is actually higher on seniors. Inflation for you and me is 3%, but inflation for seniors, healthcare costs... They're a lot higher than 3%. So I think you're going to need bigger numbers than you think you do. Yeah, I'll disagree with you a little bit there because the healthcare costs are rising at 5 to 6%. But when I look at people when they're in their 80s, okay. they're a lot of times, I mean, getting grandma or grandpa to eat more than two meals a day or more than a couple pieces of toast for lunch, yeah. it's tough. And they don't travel as much. They're just content reading book and playing bridge and whatever than they were when they were traveling a lot. 
So, and, you know, they're not buying DVD players and, and TVs and, you know, putting their kids through college anymore. So you can run your inflation. You can control it as well because you can also say, I'm only going to be successful if I only adjust my port, my draws by 2.5% a year. And then they know that and they can adjust for it. But if, if you're spending $100,000 a year now and you're retiring in 20 years, you're going to need $200,000 a year then. And you want a portfolio large enough to be able to to adjust the income with inflation, which means that's why you don't you don't want to sp- withdraw more than four or five percent at age sixty five. So if you simply take two hundred thousand dollars and divide it by point zero five, you need at least four million dollars to be successful in retirement. Now that's not assuming there's any social security or pensions involved, and that's not assuming that your home is paid off. So there's a lot of other things that go into that cash flow analysis to determine how much you need, because if you're looking at your hundred thousand dollars a year now, that might be including your mortgage, which is eventually going to be paid off. Okay. So a lot of, you, you've really got to have a detailed financial plan, but you know, it's, it's, it's something that you can do a quick and dirty idea. If I'm going to retire in 20 years, double my income divided by 0.05. And that gives you a little bit of a rough, rough estimate. Do that a little slower. You blew me away with that. Okay. So you take, if you're going to retire in 20 years, take okay. your income right. that you need now to live. Okay. Um, if, if you're going to have a mortgage that's paid off, you can reduce your mortgage from that number. Okay. Then double that because of inflation over 20 years, and then divide it by 0.05. Um, if you're gonna if you're gonna have a pension or social security, you yeah. can take your income that you need right now, minus your mortgage if it's gonna be paid off, minus your uh, social security that you're gonna have on an annual basis, and then divide that number by 0.05. That gives you a real rough calculation, but a lot of things go into that cash flow analysis. For example, I've got clients that retire with 90% of their portfolios in 401ks and IRAs. They're gonna pay more taxes than people that retire with a combination of 401k, taxable accounts, real estate income, um, and cash. You know, there, It's an easier way to control the tax bracket. So it's so relative to where you've saved your money, your expenses, your mortgage, where you're going to retire. A lot of people aren't going to be able to afford to retire in the state. Let's face it. And with that said, one of the areas that I see people making mistakes on, they think their house is going to be their pig. They, they're banking on their house being their, their nest egg. They're... If their if their savings their four hundred one k is not enough, I'll just sell the house. Mm-hmm. What are the, some mistakes you see? Well, yeah, that's one. I mean, I'll also say if you've if you're in that point, you know you're pulling too much out of your portfolio to live now, and you think you're going to tap your house in the next ten years to to maintain your success. Right. Do it now by either selling and moving to a different state or doing a reverse mortgage now. Well, rates are low. I've actually had an email on that very same question recently of, you know, someone who bought a house in Fremont and wants to sell it, but maybe they'll turn it into a rental while they wait for real estate to come back. Oh, that, that wait for real estate to come back, what, it, you know, it's bottoming, so how long are you willing to wait? If it's negative cash flow, get out of it because it's killing your retirement. A lot of people in this, in this email, this was kind of interesting, Chad, this woman in particular, she said, I'll go rent a thousand square feet. I'll go rent something that's tiny compared to my house so that I can wait it out, so I can have that negative cash flow and change around a little bit for me. So people have some sickness, some some mentality issues, uh, rule of thumbs where they think they know better than the market per se. Well, it might not be a sickness. It might be a morality issue, Rob, because they know that they, they signed those loan docs. They took it. They they stepped into it, right, with the bank. So they have some moral obligation to you know deal with the debt that they took on so that always is there. morality schmorality that's <laughs> cfp chad burton you can find him online at newfocusfinancial.com that's newfocusfinancial.com so that's chad burton um changing the topic ever so slightly an ex-zing engineer is ripping the company apart 
I take these kind of stories as they're great PR, but it's really tough to make an investment angle out of that. Um, it's sometimes nice to see some of the metrics that can be played with. You know, Zynga does the games on Facebook, right? Next engineer said he left the company because he wasn't satisfied. So, you know, take the claims, grain of salt. He talked about whales. Whales are people who spend more than $10,000 on its games. They're labeled Zynga Black. One Mafia Wars whale had spent around $100,000. Can you imagine playing a game that you spend $100,000? Like, that's crazy. They're hardcore. Crowd Zynga, you know, caters to them. Every other, you know, gamer is considered like a spammer otherwise. The amount of code for analyzing metrics dwarfs the size of the game's production code. Zynga has special access to Facebook's news. Basically, when Facebook makes changes the way it works and fewer restrictions on spamming. The engineer who has left the company said they're trying to make their own social network for games. Steam is their main competitor in that realm. So Zynga's working on its own site for social games, but, you know, Zynga could run other companies' games instead of just their own, is the thought. So these stories like that, in the end, really don't add up to a lot of content for me. I was intrigued to see that a, what a whale is. A gamer that spends a hundred thousand tens of thousands of dollars on a game. I don't get it. You know, I just don't get that. So publicly traded company, anytime there's news tied towards an ex employee, mm. grain of salt. You listen to Rob Black and your money, I'm Rob Black talking all things invest in financial, money investing and more. So Apple's in, not Apple, but Greece is in the news today. We'll talk a little Apple a little later in the show. The Dow's down thirty two, Nasdaq down nine, S P five hundred down three. Oil's under $100 a barrel. You're listening to AM 1220, KDOW. Call Rob Black now. 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money. On AM 1220, KDOW. Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Super Bowl got the third highest rating ever. For NBC, Comcast, GE. So GE owns part of NBC, as does Comcast. Which, one of these days, i got to do a show on cable companies. and Do we like them or not? <laughs> um, the third highest rating ever. So back in 1987 and back in 2011 had the highest overall ratings. So Tom Brady lofted that Hail Mary pass in the end zone. It fell incomplete. That probably had some uh, New Yorkers on the verge of heart attack and death. That was pretty close. Pretty close. Uh, I'd say if that big uh, wide out or tight end, whatever he is, had another step, he might have been able to pull that one off. I guess he's a tight end. Gronvowski or I'm not good with the, the name. Okay, let's talk a couple stories that I think you're going to find interesting. First and foremost, Netflix. We all know Netflix. One of their competitors is a company called Redbox. 
Now, in my opinion, Netflix put Blockbuster out of business. Is that fair to say? I think it is. Netflix, the phone company Verizon, and a company called Redbox. Those are our three players in the story. Verizon and Coinstar. Coinstar owns Redbox. You know Redbox from when you go into CVS and you get the DVD, $1 rentals. It's a pretty good deal. It's, it's, I'm kind of over DVDs. Like, I don't want to walk all the way to the television and put a DVD in. Like, it's beneath me, right? But Verizon and Redbox are going to start working together. It adds another leg in Verizon's quest to become a force in home entertainment. They appear set to compete to some extent with TV services that Verizon already sells. Verizon has its own cable TV service called Fiber to the Street, Fios. It's only available in some areas of the country. Its Verizon wireless subsidiary also has signed a deal to sell service from Comcast. Cable companies like Comcast have shied away from offering video streaming services to people who don't subscribe in their regular cable services, which already have high monthly fees. Verizon will own 65% of an unnamed venture with Coinstar's Redbox. You know, what, what was cool about Redbox is you used to rent a movie. Like, if you were to, to rent uh, Twisted Metal, I think that's the name of that movie from last year. No, no, Real Steel. Uh... If you were to rent that, I mean, you'd feel like a total loser if you paid four, five, six bucks on cable. It's one of the worst movies of all time. So to rent it for a dollar, it's almost like a game with Netflix, with the whole Redbox thing. So Netflix has some competitors already in this area. Walmart has a streaming service called Voodoo, V-U-D-U. Amazon has got a library of movies and TV shows. Neither one of those two, though, really does internet delivery of movies with DVDs like Netflix does. Netflix last year started charging separately for its DVD by mail service and the instant streaming service, saying that DVDs are on their way out and their focus is, you know, on the internet delivery instead. Netflix alienated a lot of people. So Redbox and Verizon get together on some sort of streaming DVD service. How much will it be? I don't know. But the story's out there. And uh, I don't think we have to beat that story up. It's a good story. It's not the greatest story of all time. You know, uh, one of the greatest stories of all time. No, no, no. Uh, Luxury suites. How much do you think a luxury suite? There's 137 of them them at Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis. How much do you think one luxury suite would take? $80,000 $80,000 per luxury box. So that kind of money has turned the luxury service revenue into one of the most dominant forces in sports. Luxury suites have been growing in importance since the 1990s, and then basically they're an essential part of any new stadium being built, period. Most new stadiums are built not because they're physically obsolete, but they're financially obsolete. In the past 20 years, 75% of American sports teams either have built or remodeled their venues, with luxury suite additions being a major reason for the construction and the renovation. Ticket sales, once the main source of any professional team's success, are just part of the revenue now. 
whether it's the NHL, the NBA, Major League Baseball, suites now account for anywhere between 5 to 20% of the total revenue. With greater payroll expenses from player-free agency, owners had to find ways to raise more money. Luxury, bro- luxury boxes ultimately provide a golden constant flow, no matter how good or bad the team is. The payment's already made, and it's part of the revenue generated by the facility. Demand is high. For instance, in the Bay Area, where I live, the NFL's San Francisco 49ers want to build a new facility. And even though the project is still being planned, the team says it's already sold $138 million in luxury suites. That's crazy. Corporations and high net worth individuals are purchasing suites. The most common reason to purchase a suite to entertain and build relationships with clients and prospects, sometimes for families to spend time together. What suite holders get for their generosity is definitive luxury. You get you know, theater-style seats, multiple flat TVs, private entrance to the stadium on game day, high-end food, premium liquors, access to the events, access to the players. So think about that, $80,000 for a luxury suite. Um, they're pretty high demand. If you're a, a salesperson, you could probably do very, very well selling luxury suites. It's a phenomenon that I, I think is golden. Anyway, let's talk about some of the other issues that are out there today. Some of the Wall Street issues. So Humana forecast 2012 earnings below expectations. And, you know, I looked at that earlier in the show, and I talked to you a little bit about how the whole industry got just rocked when Obama came in the office. And what we found out was that all the things that he wanted to change really can't be changed as effectively as you want them to. So the United Health Groups, the WellPoints, the Humanas, all ended up doing very, very well. They fell 50, 60, 70%. They roared right back. Now, again, I'm not telling you to go out and buy these stocks. I'm telling you, sometimes you could use the news which I think was the title of Maria Brad Roma's book. I could be wrong. Another company that we all like, Virgin Atlantic Airways, they're spending a hundred million pounds revamping its premium cabin, trying to fend off British Airways and American Airlines. Interesting how different countries have different battles with airlines. I think Americans for the most part, love Southwest, and for the most part, love Virgin America due to price. And you know, there's some luxury with JetBlue. Not some luxury, but there's some convenience that you know, TV is on every chair. I think we all like that. So Virgin Atlantic is uh, ramping it up. They got a new menu for upper class. Not first class, upper class. A cheese trolley. A black label champagne. Afternoon tea. Virgin Atlantic has 20% of the London to New York market. Carrier also flies to Newark. American Airlines wanted some antitrust immunity to run a joint business on the North Atlantic services in July 2010. Branson, he's one of those interesting CEOs, Richard Branson. He said that carriers would use the, you know, the venture to stifle completion of the deal. 
So in cheese trays, somehow they affect stock prices, right? Kind of goofy. Super Bowl. A little bit back to this. Um, stocks are falling today. Super Bowl missed TV rating record. So full national ratings are due later today. But it looks like it got a 47.9 major market rating. Whereas the Packers, uh, Pittsburgh did better. And the Giants and the Broncos, also 1987. Uh, I don't remember that game. It had the big toothy one Elway, though, right? So, eh, I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe I've had a stroke. So, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220. Remember when John Elway was playing football? You, you always thought of him as kind of like Mr. Ed. He, he did kind of have horse teeth, right? I know, and now at this point in time, he could probably crush me and buy me and shut me down for saying statements like that. Amazon's planning to open a boutique retail store in Seattle. Good idea, bad idea. To get your calls in there, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220 to get your call on the air. Drop me an email, rob at robblack.com. It's rob at robblack.com. Don't forget, you can find me at Facebook group page, I Hate Rob Black. Facebook group page, I Hate Rob Black. Find me at Twitter, Rob Black Show. Twitter, Rob Black Show. Find me at YouTube, Rob Black Show. Rob Black Show at YouTube. That's the one I really want you to get into because I'm working really hard making some special videos for you. Because it- Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.